The year is 1995. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Welcome to My Marvelous Year 1995, Part 4 Return of the Clone Saga Part 2. That's right, we're doing Spider-Man Clone Saga Part 2 today. We're going to finish the whole dang thing. We're going to do the Spider-Man Clone Saga. Started in 1994. It runs for the entirety of 1995. We're going to finish the puppy because I've got a sweet fast track here to get us through the Clone Saga without losing our minds or losing our sense of self, perhaps most importantly. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. My Marvel This Year is the podcast where we go through Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We've gone from 1961 to 1995 with me along the way. He's been here the whole time, but of course he was replaced. He's been replaced so many times at this point. I don't even know what clone we're on, honestly. It's Zach Dean. How's it going? Uh, Do I call you Zach? Is it Mac? Is it Jack? It's one of those. No, we're back to Zach because I am, this is my fifth replacement, but I I have, I am the original uh, just cycling back through. They all say that. They do all say that is the thing. I believe you. I want to believe you, but they all Mm -hmm. say I'm the original. Anytime, uh someone has gotten mad at any of my opinions that was <laughs> uh, that was a clone so you can't say anything to me about yeah. it yeah yeah that's fair that's fair and there's only one there's only one charlotte fiero the one and only how's it going charlotte hi doing good um i got so confused by these comics that i think i might be a clone of peter parker myself at this point (laughs) (laughs) it is the danger of getting into maximum clonage so all right so last time we talked uh in the end of 1994 we had spectacular guest owen from owen likes comics on to talk about the kickoff of the clone saga and we talked about the event in some detail uh what we've done here is i've put together a list of approximately 10 comics to take us through the entirety of 1985 so it's a super fast-tracked guide to the clone saga that is that is the reading requirement for the club and i i, I do want to be clear i'm going to start referring to these as requirements and not fun <laughs> things you can do on the side um because if you're gonna play along you have to read yeah, there will be but, uh, exam, but yeah, and, there will uh, be a, and you will well, not have access it's, it's at the list. end of every episode. There is an exam, and it's um, whether you uh, go to patreon.com slash year and support us or rate and review on iTunes. Um, those, are the, those are the two ways you can bribe your way to a grade that I approve of. Um, the end of the Clone Saga, right? We had to fast track it because it is so fast. And I think there's one thing I want to talk about today. It doesn't have to be the first thing we talk about, but like the difference between experiencing comics in the moment versus experiencing them in retrospect because i think there's a wave and i'm a part of it of clone saga analysis that is like it's not that bad it's not that bad but that comes from the experience of being like looking at marvel unlimited and being like well i can just pick and choose what i want to read at my own cadence as opposed to waiting month after month and just seeing your beloved spider-man comics just like in a seemingly never-ending swirl Mm -hmm. of this saga 
Um, Charlotte, you weren't on the last episode. I want to I wanna talk to you first as far as what is your general opinion of the Clone Saga? Um, had you read it before? And kind of where did it, what were your expectations versus where did you net out? Yeah, um, I'd never read it before. And my expectations from like what I know of it uh, from, uh, uh, from being in comics fandom is that it would be a slug to get through. But like... <sighs> I was expecting a slug Secret Wars 2 style, maybe something like uh, that should be five issues but ended up being 20. Yeah. This this is not really an, an event, it's it's an era. Like, reading this, I felt like I was fast-tracking through five years of Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like this, there's way too much story for this to just be one event, and I don't think it works out, uh, as that. I do think it's not... <clears throat> I would say it's not that bad. I think there is a version version of this that works well with a, a lot of uh, fat trimmed off. Yeah, sure, right. Well, and I think that's kind of like when the Ultimate Universe does it, right? And yeah, we, I think exactly. Zach, Zach, I think you brought this up last episode. It's like when Bendis and Bagley do it, the fat is trimmed. It's five or six issues, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, <laughs> like, it holds it down on like one or two ideas, right? And yeah. like. Yeah. This is weirdly like, yeah, it's clones, but it like also is the traveler. It's also Kane. It's also I don't remember the name of the guy who's also chasing Kane and like watching Kane. The jackal. Uh, no. Oh uh, well, yeah. There's the jackal. No. There's another guy who keeps just like kind of hanging out and like Kane's watching Spider Man, but who's watching Kane? It's this other creep. It's not Spider oh, Side, the, but I wish it was. It's the guy from the beginning of the movie Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so like it weirdly doesn't spend as much time as you'd think it would on what what it means to be a clone in the actual like exploration of that. Like JMD Mateus tries to do some. Well, it does. It does time. early a ton. It does so much. The, the I don't know if you remember those first comics. Like Peter and Ben's every, especially Ben. So Ben is Ben is the clone of Peter Parker, right? Yeah. Or So we're led to believe initially. Um, ben Riley, every internal monologue is "I'm not real." Who yeah, am I? These memories are implanted. I mean, There's I guess so much of that. I'm expecting like an actual, like something, like they have a point and they want to talk about something real. Yeah. Uh, instead of just they like, talk about it a lot. There's not much to talk about. It seems. So you're saying, 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 say saying there's like a sci-fi angle to explore here of like, hey, if we actually clone humans, <laughs> like what would that mean? Yeah. Or you know, like you can use this. Uh, the kind of a deep cut like planescape torment to discuss what it means to be like do you ever you know you have memories but you weren't the specific one to do this are you responsible like this is or you don't have those memories but it is a clone of you like this was spun out of your experience and caught you know you things that someone who's not quite you but is you caused repercussions for other people and consequences out in the world like it sounds very philip k dick and and frankly very interesting potentially yeah oh thank you yeah i just uh, i just came up with that off the top of my head so if you i want love me to, your uh... pitch zach k dick over here i love it yeah thank you i like philip k zach a little better but it's <laughs> better yeah uh yeah, yeah. so it you know th- there's just not that much uh you know uh, well there I, is I that, that much is the thing <laughs> like it is a feat of endurance <laughs> you know and i mean i think to charlotte's point it's not as bad as Secret Wars 2. Like, it's not. No, um, no, no. It's definitely, definitely not. Nuts. It's not that kind oh of slog. Because, like, at the end of the day, and kind of what you're saying here too, Zach, is, like, it's still just doing Spider-Man comics, you know? Because you have other threads. You've got J.M. DeMatty's doing 
the Traveler stuff, you know, this big, super powerful villain that they're kind of trying to amp up and all the Ravencroft Asylum stuff. And it's like, it's still just kind of Spider-Man. You know, you get Vulture stories, you get Craven stories, you, get, you know, it's like you get a lot of the players, you know, they're, and it, something we skip over in this part, which I assumed I would need to include, but didn't, um, is there's a whole three-issue miniseries called Funeral for an Octopus. You can guess yep. who that's about, <laughs> right? So, like, yeah. you know, the death of Dr. Octopus, Otto Octavius, occurs in these issues. Like, there's there's big Spider-Man stuff in one sense or another. So, for those can, of you give who you a little praise, have forgotten, babe? just real quick to sort of premise it, right? Okay, well, if you don't want praise, that's fine. I, I will accept the praise in a moment. I just want to give a quick All right. plot <laughs> premise because we'll some see if people I, see if I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> yep. Um, so, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, obviously we all know that. Uh, he's going through some tough times, and we have to talk about how much Peter sucks during all of these comics, <laughs> because Peter sucks. Um, but then his clone shows up, right? With the clone, long thought dead, as per the original clone saga, written by Jerry Conway back in uh, mid-'70s. Um, he returns, and he's going by Ben Riley, and he's lived a whole life. And now it's like, okay, there's two Spider-Mans around. How do we share this life? What do we do? And then the Jackal returns as well, the individual who cloned. Peter Parker in the first place, as well as Gwen Stacy, and that comes up a bunch here. And um, and the Jackals just absolutely run wild with cloning Peters and playing mind games as far as who's the real one. One of the biggest revelations that happens in this series fairly early in 95 is they run a test, Peter and Ben, because OBT dubs, um, Peter and MJ are, are pregnant, they're expecting. And so they run a test to figure out like who's the real Spider-Man. And the test results tell them it's Ben actually. So one of the biggest things that happens here is we get confirmation in these comics that, hey, actually, Peter Parker that we've known this entire time, he's the clone. And and Ben is the real one. I guess part of what we can talk about is, does that matter? But obviously, more importantly, Zach, praise. Uh, I think you did a really <laughs> good job trimming this list down to be like, I, I always felt like, oh, yeah, I, I can tell I missed a bunch of stuff, you know, between yeah. the three issues we skipped. But like, I, I had an idea, I, like, I felt like we were really just, like, dip your toes in here, see, like, kind of the thread line they're exploring here, dip in here, you know, and it was, like, enough that if I wanted to read more, God, I can't imagine that, but, like, um, you know, the, the I could do it, I could read more, but it uh, it gave us, like, a nice little survey of the whole thing. So I was very impressed with the way that you had uh, broken this up. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I really did, I did go through it in a, a depth that I never had before. Um. And to get a feel for exactly what you said, which is like, how do we kind of dip a toe into each segment of what's happening? Because every segment has three or four parts to it, and they all get extremely repetitive. And I think that would have been the segments in and of themselves are often interesting, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's often Maybe. okay stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah. you know, Amazing yeah, Spider-Man like, number 400, for example, too. is like you're, an important not, issue. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah, like there's big, important stuff happening. But uh, but then it's just like if you were in the moment and you were a Spider-Man diehard and you were collecting everything and you were hopping between Web of Spider-Man to Spider-Man back to Web of to Amazing to Peter Parker, you would have been getting so little bang for your buck. <laughs> can, you know? can I give some context to that? So sure. there, there were the four monthly series that I think you just mentioned. Um, but then so what Web of Sensational, Amazing spectacular oh and then just plain old spider-man so five series there's no sensational uh i think there's just four 
No, sensational starts in like. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I just leave it off. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know how long it runs, but sensational Spider-Man zero through eleven uh, are running in this Clone Saga. I just checked it out. There are thirty-five different titles, mostly Spider-Man titles. Like there's like a Daredevil and a New Warrior and a What If. But besides yeah. that, it's mostly just Spider-Man spinoffs that like have different titles that the Clone Saga dips into in just over two years. Mm-hmm. 35 different like titled comics, um, which, you know, you can tell is also like probably part of the the speculate, like them trying to get into the speculator market. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to put out as many number ones. You know, we have to put out Maximum Clonage Alpha number one, Mas- Maximum Clonage Clonage. Omega number one, uh, yeah. the clone journal number one, redemption number one, on and on and on. Um, but like, it, and it, it just lends the whole thing a sense of, um, like, like there's no author to this, right? Like it is just, it is very much the, uh, what's that called? C- camel bike committee? Is that the phrase? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, camel, it's, that's the, something like that. Well, wait, did you say <laughs> camel bike committee? Yeah. Something like that. It's <laughs> just, it, just by committee. I've never heard the camel part of it. What are no they? Idea. How are I the camels operating as a corpse? committee? Is that the exquisite corpse? That's the way. That's a better way of doing it. Why is the camel a corpse? What happened to that? Uh, let me just Google this real quick. See There's a whole I... backstory behind this. There's camel cruelty. A camel is a horse designed approve. by a committee. That's the phrase I was looking for. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah, a phrase yeah. I heard forever ago and then forgot uh, the important part. <laughs> Nailed it. Love it. Okay. Learn yeah. something new. Charlotte, what do you like? about the clone saga what did you like about these comics um okay i think my favorite i mean segment i guess because these this is divided into maybe 10 15 different segments of four to five issues i think um was the one i didn't read a funeral for an octopus which is i think a mini series um but i did read the issues uh, and i i I did read more than the actual list, which <laughs> was Ooh, I was the first all uh, right. surprised at that. Um, but the the issues about uh, Doc Ock trying to heal Peter, who's dying, I can't even remember why. Maybe he was poisoned by Kane. He, he got bird but... flu from the vulture. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Oh my god, <laughs> that's right. So Peter is dying from uh, bird flu, and Doc Ock sees that, and he decides to to heal him basically. And there are some very nice scenes of Doc Ock talking about Spider-Man and his relationship with Spider-Man and then unmasking Peter. And I don't know, I really like how it's played out with him not really caring that it's Peter. All all that matters to him is that Spider-Man, Spider-Man is dying and he he needs Spider-Man and so he needs to heal him. And I I really like that. I I like that uh, that idea for the um, Doc Ock-Spidey relationship. Because personally, Doc Ock is... Probably my favorite Spidey villain, like mm-hmm. more than Green Goblin or Venom, which are the main two other ones. Is that based on uh, modern stuff, or is that like based on stuff we've read already? It's or both. Mostly modern stuff. Okay, because be like honest. I've liked him fine so far. I think he's been like a fun villain, uh, yeah. Counter Peter, but like not a ton of personality, I guess. Besides, kind of you know, kind of, like egotistical. Doc Ock like, is loaded with personality. Mm, I I don't know. I I don't think. We we don't spend that much time with. Him. I mean, not like Norman Osborn. We haven't I mean, spent he, that much time does, with his like psychology. The, uh, at this point, he does have like a maybe gentler, more noble side, which, which I see, like. I was with him say, flirting I think with Aunt May, stuff like that. It's fresh here, right? Like, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess we have seen that with Aunt May. You're right. I was gonna say yeah. like it seemed like a little a little bit of a new pivot to have him be like the gentleman supervillain. Um, yeah, here a little bit. Which which once I I, I kind of acclimated I to that. I did I did really like that. I like um, it as well. But that's I mean he dates Aunt May. <laughs> okay, he's yeah. He's been I guess a that's true. I forgot about May the Aunt May. He I, I, I goes to him, him like... and he seems to come and help or try to help with uh, with Sue's pregnancy difficulties. There have been stories. Of of Otto as a less maniacal supervillain. Yeah, well, that's, that's the one that's... I, I think of with the uh, aunt with Sue's pregnancy. That like yeah, Stunner falls for him immediately in these <laughs> comics. Okay, and Stunner uh, is is a really uh, like muscly wrestling uh, blonde woman who, with super strength who Very comes in as immediately vibes, falls yeah. for Otto Octavius and, and goes on like a revenge tear for him. And I thought for sure. I mean, he... To be fair, in these comics, he's a bit of a dilf. Like he has a nice suit. He has a <laughs> nice suit. No, that haircut. Come on, that haircut. No. With that haircut? No way. No, maybe no, not the haircut. If, like, the her... if you can get all these ladies <laughs> with that haircut, how charming must you be? Right? It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. He, he now, keeps... I, there's one specific panel of him with his like black and white suit black and white suits untying his tie and drinking uh, like drinking whiskey or something and yeah, I, I can get it I, I get it <laughs> <laughs> he, he yeah, something uh, there. she keeps like fading in and out of existence for reasons that we don't know yet right there's some mystery to her just kind of like all of a sudden vanishing yeah. and that happens I think I know why off. and I think uh, from what I know I don't love it but <laughs> we'll see okay <laughs> I'm just gonna google it um yeah. But uh, the I, I thought for sure it was just because he was she was a figment of Doctor Octopus's imagination, <laughs> because yeah. like no the, way he, he would like land a babe like, like this otherwise. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Actually, that would be pretty good. Yeah, um, there's a, there's I, I, quite a few. We, we should talk at the end of this because there's quite a few. Like, hey, what about that thing? Um, like yeah, like yeah, big no, threads yeah. that that come up and then just have crazy <laughs> endings, but that don't happen in the Clone Saga. Like like Peter and MJ's baby, I would say is the biggest one that really got my attention. So like throughout this entire era, like it kind of be like, okay, so let's talk about this. Peter Parker sucks. <laughs> Peter Parker's <laughs> my favorite character in Marvel. Okay, um, my favorite hero, maybe just shy of Doc Doom in terms of like fandom. And uh, this entire series, he's the worst. And I think it's intentional. I think it's intentional because they're trying to make Ben Riley pretty cool. <laughs> and I think they kind of <laughs> yeah. know, they kind of have a plan here that Ben's going to come in. He's going to think he's the clone. Then he's going to find out he's the real Spider-Man. And uh, by the end of this, Peter's going to leave with MJ to, to take care of their baby. They're going to work on themselves and their family. And Ben's going to be the only Spider-Man. And that's what happens, right? For like the next year of comics, Ben Riley is Spider-Man. Okay, so that's what this is all building towards, I suppose. And in an effort to get there, they're selling in Ben. Okay, and I think that's actually fairly effective. Like if you read these comics and you have some affinity for them, you're probably a Ben Riley fan, which we can talk about on its own. Because he's Peter Parker that you like, you know. Because well, I mean, he's Peter Parker. Yeah, there's <laughs> not that much daylight between him and when yeah. Peter Parker is not being a jerk. <laughs> Nor should there be. Right? Nor should there be. Yep. Um, Peter Parker, in sort of building up Ben, they have to take down Peter. And the way that they do that is he's incredibly violent, he's incredibly thoughtless, and he's really awful throughout this entire thing, including a sequence where he hits Mary Jane. Now, contextually, 
I think the argument is that he didn't know she was behind him. And he's no, he like, literally screams like, get away from me. Well, so here, that's <laughs> he the thing. So her. like in sequence, in the comic, he's fighting Ben because he lost his temper because Peter sucks in these comics. And he's fighting Ben for bad reasons. And then he yells, get away from me, swings back and hits Mary Jane. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, what the hell? Why does uh-huh. this not get talked about in the same terms of like Hank and Janet? Right? Like that is straight up domestic abuse. What is happening? Um, and then in the next few issues, they have Peter. First off, he's like miserably guilty about it, which good. Um, but then second, they the way they write it is like, I didn't know she was there and I accidentally hit her. That is not how the comic plays in that moment. No, it's not. Okay. That is not how the actual scene reads. This seems to have been a thing that nobody talks about, probably because if we accepted it as it is portrayed on the page, it ruins Peter Parker. It yeah, actually I think, I does think break the character. Which, you know what, I'm I'm fine with uh with with Marvel or these comics in general just being like, ooh, oops, that was not yeah, a good sure. idea. Let's just let's just kinda Strike wave that away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, because but it's weird that it comes like one person one writing a later. bad comic does not mean that your character like has to <laughs> a character that's been around for sixty years should be like irreparably, yeah. you know, damaged. Uh, if if the rest of Marvel decides kind of uh, editorially to undo that mi- mistake, you know, like immediately too. Yeah, sure. immediately. Um, so I that was actually surprising to me. I didn't quite realize that happened in these pages, um, or at least the way that it happened. I have to say. But yeah, I mean, just like he is, as a Spider-Man, by the time you get to the end of this, I don't know that there's any reading where you wouldn't be pulling for Ben to be the Spider-Man because he's the only one who acts like the character as we've known them, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do either of you have a different read of it having gone through the the comics that you did? No, I I agree. I I was thinking it's if they want to use Ben as a, like, Going back to traditional Spider-Man, why didn't they just make him younger? Or like he could just have mm. been frozen since the original Clone Saga, and so he's a younger Peter Parker, and you have a more interesting dynamic, and it differentiates the both of them better. Whereas here, it's literally just Peter and worse Peter, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's funny because all the hoops that Marvel has gone through. To try to get back to basics with Spider-Man. Yeah. And they've never done a teenage clone, which is right there. It's right there. Jackal says, I wanted them as I had them. Uh, he makes a teenage clone, a perpe- a literal forever teenager, right? Yeah. That's a thing that Jackal <laughs> yeah. could do. Well, I mean, they and they've just never that pulled, that, Tony pulled Stark, that plug. Right? With Tony, right. No, that's like, yeah. but, but with Tony, it makes no sense. With, with Peter, it actually would be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I believe that Jack would do that. Um, that's a great idea, Charlotte, and I look forward to seeing Marvel do that in two years' time and, uh, <laughs> and hopefully giving you credit. Fair enough. Uh, what what do both of you think of the Jackal? Because the Jackal is, I mean, he is the arch-villain of this entire saga. Dr. Miles, Professor Miles Warren, he's the one who cloned Spidey originally. Now he's, like, just totally gone. Like, he's always in the Jackal costume. He's basically, like, what if the Green Goblin was a clone master and and a little more manic, you know? A little like a little more jokerish energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say like Jekyll used to be a weird, yeah, kind of gobliny guy. Yeah. Now he's just basically green joker. Like that's that's yeah. all there is to him here, I think. Zach, what do you think of the Jekyll? Yeah, I, I don't know. Not not that interested in this. Ca- I mean, at, at this point like I am 
I, I have totally checked out of being involved in like, well, I can't wait to find out what, you know, what haplogroup uh, these clones are and what, you know, like what the, the genetic degradation is of these ones. Which ones look like, like it had just yeah. totally exhausted my, um, my investment. Anything so, like the, the, who's the clone, who's the real one works best in the scene with the um, i was gonna say the joker what's his name jackal it's (laughs) it's even like very close sounding um when he just messes with them and keeps saying oh no you're the clone and you're the real one wait no no you're the real one and you're the clone yeah you're both clones that's kind of fun to me and it works best if he's just messing with them maybe maybe i do kind of like that aspect Oh, I just think if I'm a clone, if I found out I was the clone, I would be like, "You are." So what? <laughs> Should we tell him now, Charlotte? <laughs> yeah, I would just, I would just shrug it off, to be honest. So like, maybe I'm just built different. Which, but, uh, which Ben kind of does. Eventually, yeah, Ben's yeah. just like, no, but you can keep your life. I don't, I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when, when I see Peter panicking and like, well, I'm a clone. I'm gonna hit yeah. my wife over this. I'm like, all right. Well, you could just kind of deal with it. Like, it is kind of funny when st- you put it in fine. those terms, right? Because it's like, well, okay, but what actually changes here? Like, like, <laughs> like if you're yeah. if you're the clone, like, what difference does it actually make to you? Um, and it's funny they play it for so much drama and so much stakes, and it is a rel- Like, they actually do make it a fairly compelling mystery or at least it's a narrative where i'm like i want to see how this plays out i agree charlotte like the jackal just doing it to mess with them like just doing it to really get in their heads and succeeding i do think is actually fairly effective i don't love the jackal as a villain necessarily because this is like this is the trick you can do with the jackal this is it and it always gets messy but when he's just creating like tons of peter parkers and just i like when you get to maximum clonage right and we read maximum clonage <laughs> alpha which is obviously the most 90s and you start getting spider side and you start getting all these weird variations of spider clones that's yeah. where it's like okay we are we are officially off the reservation with the jackal here um but when it's just like the two of them in a room fighting him and he's like here's a gwen oops she melted and he's just screwing with them uh it's actually pretty dark and, and fairly effective, I think. Um, but all that and is to say... Who's left in the pod? Who's in the pod? Who's in the pod? Right? Those sorts of mysteries. Um, <laughs> all that is to say, though, like, yes, I do agree. The only solution you can have with this clone thing is, like, ben, is ben, what Ben Riley eventually does, which is just, like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm here, and I have a life, and I have these memories, and it doesn't matter if they're real or not. Um, that existential crisis is not actually really worth exploring uh at this yeah point. i mean I, I could see them actually like mining real pathos out they of try. This in some kind they of like try yeah 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 in, you know in the takeaway at the end being like you know you can't do anything about <clears throat> you know you, you could explore uh you know like legacy or your you know people who feel like damned or cursed by their own heritage right like that's something you could explore via this and you know the only way forward is just to move forward and live your life you know whatever different stuff but it, it just it doesn't really it's just thing do... that we see a lot with like artificial intelligence right so like maybe sure like, right you know yes, Westworld exactly we, we just watched or... blade runner and it does kind of make yeah, the perfect. same faints which which that. can be very effective i think um so i, I don't want to overemphasize like the it doesn't matter but i guess when you're when you're playing with it on the 30th issue in the saga at that point it stops mattering, you know? Yeah, D. D- Mateus, just... I just want to underline him. I think he's doing the most, like, work to try to get something real out of this. Yeah. Um, but it does, it's funny because it's just, like, it feels like a D. Mateus comic, but it feels like almost someone ripping off 
the best Dimitaeus comics. Like, it feels like someone trying to do a Craven's Last Hunt, but, like, who can't quite do it. So, like... Um, it's not his best work, but he's no. moving fast and he's keeping it he's keeping yeah. it semi compelling in an obviously difficult <laughs> challenging uh era and I do give a lot of credit where that's yeah. due. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean honestly the Duckock stuff made me wish JM Demetrius had done like a Craven's Last Hunt but with Duckock. Right. He I really like what he does with the character and to what we were saying earlier with what Duckock has been before He's like we haven't had that much focus on his inner thoughts and his the way he sees his relationship with Spider-Man and stuff like that. Like it was, I think, always from the point of view of heroes and never from his point of view. And I think yeah. that's new. Um, yeah, which, yeah. So he like that, that was interesting. There was an interesting new character characterization. He like respects Peter Parker as yeah. a Spider-Man. Like his selflessness and his heroism and nobility. He like <laughs> respects it and like wants he he wants this noble hero as his opponent right that's yeah why he he's disappointed him. that now he's like the the dark uh, dark and gritty hero right exactly you know he he thinks that this is an aspect of like society that needs to be saved and valued which yeah. is uh weird for sure but kind of an interesting weird you know it is yeah. funny we don't we've talked so much about like captain america in the previous issue right like wrestling with the the cultural zeitgeist of 90s comics right and the exforcification of everything, seeing that from the villain's perspective is awesome. <laughs> like it's really, yeah, it's actually really interesting to see a Doc Ock or Batrock in the previous Cap comic being like, "Well, I don't. That's not me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fit into that scene necessarily." Um, which versions of Doc Ock do, you know, right? Like he's done things that that would put him there. Um, but yeah, I, I do actually think that's a pretty interesting exploration. That there's no there's no secret Craven's last hunt hidden in the Clone Saga. Like that's the thing. Like there's no I mean there's, there's no secret Craven's son's first hunt. I guess Craven's uh-huh. son's first hunt. That's true. Yeah, that kid sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's a real yeah. fail son. He's like, there's there's <laughs> some fights between Kane and and um, Scarlet Spider, and then just yeah. Craven's son is there. And like I, I'm in this comic too. I, big, no one uh, wants to fight me, please. Big big Kendall Roy energy. <laughs> from Craven's son, <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even down to the widow's peak a little bit. Right? Yeah, Kendall's last hunt is not as good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think, yeah, there's not like a secret gem in here. Um, the most important issue of the bunch has to be Amazing Spider-Man number 400, I think. Um, it's a milestone issue, and they do actually come to play as far as the narrative is concerned. So throughout the entirety of the Clone Saga, to this point, Aunt May has been in a coma. Um, obviously, as we know as readers, she's been dying since 1963, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, she's she's been having this issue for a while. You know, I found it really funny. I don't know if it's this comic or another. There's a flashback to when she was raising Peter, and she mm-hmm. looks just as exactly old. Exactly the same. <laughs> it's really funny, yeah. Like, come on. Um, but so Aunt May wakes up from her coma, and basically what it allows for is it allows some moments of reconciliation and it allows for conversations uh, with, with Peter and with MJ. She acknowledges that like she knows Peter is Spider-Man in this, which is the first time that has happened, um, mm-hmm. that, that, which, is, which is pretty interesting and kind of talks about the fear that Peter had about telling her and the reason she came around to it, right? And it's, it's a good conversation. Um, but ultimately, ultimately it builds to uh, about three quarters through the comic, Amy does die and she's basically like i just came back so we could talk which i I actually think is effective whether it's contrived or not is up for debate um and it's the death of aunt may that that does officially happen here and it's a big deal they give several silent pages 
to uh, to Mark Bagley. You got Demetri's right in this issue, which is good. Um, but they get Bagley, you know, just silent pages of the funeral and kind of flashing back on on her life. I the rest of the Clone Saga doesn't actually like it, this doesn't actually then send um, Peter into like more of a depressed spiral as you might expect. I mean, it kind of does. It lingers. Um, but it, it doesn't immediately lead to that because at the end of this, he gets immediately arrested for murder. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> um, it quickly also, turns the page. Th- this issue, yeah, th- this issue feels like it's trying to like catch its breath a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also with the Clone Saga. So like Ben Riley and Peter Parker have this conversation about how they're going to live with each other. They both like kind of figured out their place and who's who and what whose li- lives are who. Who's, and uh, Ben's like, you know, I need my own life. I'm going to go off. I'm going to do the Spider-Man thing. Um, and Peter's like, all right, well, you know, be sure to stay in touch. And Ben's like, I won't. You'll never see me again. He like web slings off. And then two pages later, he's peeking through the window. <laughs> it's incredible. And then he just comes back. Like, yeah, uh, there's this big heartfelt moment of him being like, that's it. I'm gone. You kind of think, you know, he'll, he'll like the Gwen clone <laughs> who vanished in the first clone saga. Uh, he'll be vanishing for a while. Um, but no, it, it's there's a, good a there's they, a fair they, amount this... of. Oh, sorry. I go ahead on it. No, I, I just wanted to touch on Gwen real quick. Yeah, the the stuff with Aunt May works pretty well. Um, it's it's hard to talk about this without spoiling things. Uh, I don't yeah. really know Spider-Man comics moving forward. Well, spoiling what kind of things? Well, Aunt May, <laughs> whether or like, not she's what... dead, because it is Marvel Comics. Everybody, yes, wink, right. So I mean, I, I don't think it's too much of a reach to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna see more Aunt May in the future. Uh, and I, I know I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know the specifics, or I didn't I know the I don't specifics either. of it. I actually, actually, I just I just Googled them, and now I do, but I didn't yeah, at the yeah. time. I just know that, like, I've seen screenshots on Twitter, you know, and, like, pictures and whatever. Like, she's still around. It, so If you've read a 2000s run, then, like, you, you know. You yeah, that, some, that does suck clues. a little bit of the uh, the pathos out of the comic. Yeah, I, um, I suppose. I, I mean, that can still work for me, even, because yeah, it's like, no, I, I agree. everyone comes back if they're a big enough name, but, um, I... I don't. I think it's a fine enough comic. It definitely doesn't like punch me emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Which is for I, I don't know that a comic in this saga could do that. It would have to be incredibly special on a single issue I, basis. I think it doesn't help that she's just been in a coma for like two years of publication. Yeah. So right. She, she wasn't a character in these comics. Like we won't miss her because she wasn't there. She was just like lying on a bed, and other characters were talking about her, but she wasn't an actual presence in the comic. Right. And she's been lying on a bed for so long, you know, like yeah. conceptually, <laughs> right? Like that is that's kind of been her role, <laughs> just to be like Which, a you know a thing hanging over Peter's head that she's yeah. always sick. Like what else is she doing? Um, so it's 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 needed. I I I think you know you have to do it eventually, um, and this works. I I think as as far as that story can be told. But yeah, it's not incredibly poignant. I I don't think it's fine. What were you gonna say about Gwen's clone? So you mentioned Gwen, and I just did kind of want to mention like there's a fair amount here, and we don't necessarily read all the issues. There's a fair amount of like one shots and stuff of like how creepy Professor Miles Warren is with Gwen. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. whole issues or backstories or short stories dedicated to like him making a Gwen clone and them living together and having like romantic relationships and like Ugh. Miles Warren the Jackal is a huge creep like with these Gwen clones um they don't really play any kind of major role here other than 
when they go to the Jackal's lab and they see a Gwen clone and they're like, Gwen, a clone, oh no. And then she melts. Like it's, you know, it's all just used for like mind games like we talked about, you know? Like I don't, I don't know that there's any real sequence here of like a Gwen out in the world, um, which I'm still not sure what happened to the Gwen who walked away. No, <laughs> I guess yeah. we should. I guess I, I probably looked it up and I've already forgotten. Um, but anyway, I'll there, look it up while we're... it's like the Gwen clone yeah. stuff is just kind of used for mind games, but there are these short stories of like, oh, yuck. Like Miles Ward is, is gross. Like this stuff is, is, I don't know. Like it's, it's bad stuff. Um, which is what you can expect from Green Joker. As we said, okay, we do we do have to talk about in some detail here. Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred and three, because this was included on the list as a Patreon request from Matt. Thank you, Matt, for your support. Um, you can support the show over at Patreon.com/slash/MyMarvelousYear uh, for the uh, ten dollar tier. If you pay ten dollars one month, you don't have to do it continuously. You can do it one month. You can add an issue to the reading list. This will be included in perpetuity for all readers and. I'm glad Matt included issue 403 because I would have skipped this. Um, this is part two of four in the trial of Peter Parker. I mentioned he was arrested for murder, right? Um, which I do like the detail here that... So so Peter is arrested. Ben takes his place in the actual trial, okay? And there's a detail at one point where um, they say to Mary Jane on the stand, like, where was your husband during this time? And she's like, well, I can't tell them because he was Spider-Manning. And I'm like, okay, that's standard. But she's like, how can I tell them he was buried by Craven the Hunter during that exact moment? And I'm like, oh, sweet, Craven's Craven's last hunt callback. (laughs) Um, At one point, I thought it said he was missing for two months and that the implication was that he was buried for two months. But that's not right. (laughs) But that would have been wild as well. But anyway, Ben's Ben's standing in for Peter on trial. But then Peter, Spider-Man, actually gets captured by the Traveler. And a whole rogues gallery of villains in Ravencroft, including Carnage, to stand his own sort of mock trial um, of sorts. So it's it's a good feel for what kind of is going on during this segment of the Clone Saga. Uh, Cheryl, let's start with you. Uh, what did you think of Amazing Spider-Man 403? Um, I was mostly confused, I won't lie. I, I, mean, I think it doesn't have that we skipped uh, some issues, but there's a lot of elements that I was very confused about. Yeah. There's like a lab worker that's a former co-student of uh, Peter Parker, and he, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's at the trial for some reason. Uh, there's like several <laughs> villains, and there's... <laughs> is there several carnages at one point? I was confused about that a bit too. I think um, there's only one the tr- carnage. Maybe yeah, the, um, I, only, I didn't see there were hallucinates multiples. That's possible. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, and <laughs> I have no idea what the traveler's deal is. is. Is he traveling through time? What's what's going on there? And also, we have barely talked about Kane for this whole episode. And by the end of this, we don't really know still what Kane's deal is. Is like we we vaguely get that he's probably a clone too, but we don't get much more than that, and we don't know how it works. So yeah, a a lot of questions unanswered uh, on my end. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's uh, I I think it's kind of fun in a way. Like I I I enjoyed it a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's confusing for sure. Like, but yeah, I I like the premise. I thought the premise was fun. The premise is heightened enough. Like it's it's over the top enough, and like the 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 prosecutor being Carnage is pretty funny. Like <laughs> that that worked pretty well for me. And you've um, got so you've got Kane. As the defendant, and as Charlotte mm-hmm. said, we haven't talked about Kane at all. He is an ever-present presence. Yeah, he's in most of these issues. Yeah, like he's this masked, um, more violent sort of anti-hero 
who is always kind of seems to be watching over Ben and Spider-Man. And we don't totally know his deal. It seems like at first it's like he's a villain, but then it's like, well, maybe he's actually kind of trying to help them. Um, and here it's clear, like, no, yeah, like he's actually trying to like keep Spider-Man alive. He's got some interest there. Um, he does a thing where he puts his hand on people's faces and gives them the mark of Cain. And uh, he tries to do that here to Judas Traveler, but it doesn't work. And that just throws him for a loop. Um, Judas Traveler, I think, is best... I, I like thinking of Judas Traveler as basically just imagine Mysterio was in that position. Um <laughs> but it seem but it seems to be real as opposed to tricks with Judas yeah. Traveler, you know? Um JM's really working to make Judas Traveler a thing. And uh and God bless him for Is two, he ever for two a thing years. After these comics? Like does he ever come back? Not to, not in my experience. Yeah. Um I'm sure he's been in stuff. But uh but no, <laughs> not really. Uh, yeah, yeah. It does. It does not look like he's around too much more after this. Yeah, because I'd never heard of him before reading these, and I don't think I would remember his name tomorrow. Yeah, he... I. I oh no! Him in that it really looks like he isn't. Story, um, but I. I don't love him as it progresses because his yeah. his mystery and his game, it doesn't seem to fit the Clone Saga. No, no it's no, to- yeah. it's totally weird. The the kind of things that they're trying to smush in here. It, it it's so it, it's odd because you've got this clone saga thing right happening, and then you think they wouldn't want to be like, well, the rest of the world's gonna also get very complicated in new ways at the same time. Right. You know, they'd be like, all right, well, we've got Peter Parker clones, so now let's you know have some Norman Osborn or you know Harry Osborn problems. Let's have some girl troubles. Like let, let's do the clone stuff. Like insert a clone into Peter Parker's normal everyday life and watch it mess up his life and his normal rogues villain rogues gallery etc but then they're like no let's like really work on expanding his 90s rogues at the same time right. and all the, like, these new threats and shriek and whatever a bunch of different people um Don't you know the traveler's last comic is 1996 uh so never oh. showed up again after that well yeah. i didn't know that um yeah, kinda... that would explain some things uh yeah. so I, one thing i do want to say is i don't know why matt wanted to include Amazing Spider-Man number 403. Yeah, Matt, uh, thank you for doing this. it. No, no, no. Not, this isn't up. a please explain so much as I want to say. No, I want to know my, why, Matt. My headcanon here is I love the idea that this is their first comic. <laughs> that this <laughs> that this was the first comic they ever read. And that's why they want to include it. Because, boy, what a first comic to just jump yeah. right into the waters. You know, the icy depths of the Clone Saga. That That would be amazing. I hope that's the answer. Um, I found out what happened to the other Gwen. Oh, okay, please share. <laughs> it it like weirdly got uh kicked off in nineteen like nineteen eighty. There was a bunch of stuff. There was like an annual spectacular Spider Man annual number eight okay. uh, brought her back and like basically set her on a path forward. And then during the Clone Saga, there's a bunch of stuff. The High Evolutionary uh existed, and she, she goes by the name Joyce Delaney now. She had like the memory that she was a clone wiped out of her head, and then she's just somebody new and. Uh, God, you're gonna, you're both gonna hate this. Um, I guess this isn't, yeah, this is from 1995, Web of Spider-Man 125, which we skipped over. She marries another, a clone of Miles Warren (laughs) and becomes Gwen Miles. That might be the, that might be the issue I'm referring to when I talk about their creepy lives. I I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the one that, uh, the original clone from forever ago. And then, um... 
maybe this is a, I don't know. You can tell me if this is a spoiler. Spider Island Deadly Foes number one. No, that, that's that's too far into the future. That's okay. Too far. Well, she comes back in 2011 for an issue. <laughs> Dan <laughs> Slot. Uh, All right. Back. Shouts to Joyce. Shouts yeah. to Joyce. Thank you for the recap. I'd been wondering. Yeah, I, I was I was uh, always curious about what happened to her. I gotta say my 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 best and worst case scenarios. Um, worst case scenario was Mary's a clone of Miles Warren, and, <laughs> well, look, uh, and they're both clones, so that makes it okay. Maybe that's a nice Miles. It's possible, mm-hmm. right? It is possible. Um, what's with the name Miles in Spider-Man comics? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, not my favorite version of a Gwen and the Miles couple. I will say. <laughs> yeah, I would just want to hear the, the person who's like, "All right, listen in uh, in Marvel comics, my number one favorite Miles is Miles Warren. Number two, it's Miles Morales." <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my miles. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's that would be really funny. that would be quite a person. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, we kind of we kind of touched on it, but basically the way that well, I guess let me back it up. Are there are there other pieces of the clone saga that both of you wanted to make sure we touched on? I don't think. Oh, um, the art is fine throughout. Um, like uh, Bagley's doing good work. It, the, these comics really underline, you know, like a, a big problem I just have with it, Marvel superhero action period. Just like most of this is not action. This is all over Marvel, so don't take it as like a slam against this specifically. But it's it's just so frustrating seeing these comics that are so f- packed full of action, and then it's just people posing near each other, <laughs> right? Like you don't you don't actually get action scenes, uh, especially in the '90s. I feel like the action scene has really like diminished to just a bunch of like dynamic poses and impact and consequence and back and forth and like little moments of action you know the way that like civil war the movie during the big airport fight right like we'll have a lot of small moments and little stories that play out or sure that frank miller would do with daredevil or masters of kung fu could do or etc cetera, etc cetera. um so you get a lot of that here which is a little frustrating and kind of numbing um, I will say I really liked Sal Buscema when he showed up to do pencils in Bill. I wanted to ask about this. I'm glad Bill Sienkiewicz like did finishes on, <clears throat> on this. I really liked that uh, style. It's like very scratchy, wild. It looked very Sienkiewiczy more than Buscema, right? And he's but, ink. Uh, and I didn't realize it was Sienkiewicz inks at first. Yeah. And I was like, what? What is happening on these comics? Like yeah. they look like a <laughs> mess compared to the previous ones. Um, but as you dive into it you realize like oh no it's just stylistic um but initially i was like these look like a child um like you know was was given free reign on these comics but then yeah it's Bushema <laughs> and sinkevich and <laughs> i i was really uh not into it initially i just thought like it looked like a mess um i don't think it's either of their best work but as it goes it is kind of actually nice to have a change of pace from Some what becomes just it. incredibly uh you know, standardized sort of spider. Yeah. <clears throat> the spectacular Spider-Man 224 has battle against a clone called Freak Face. In <laughs> uh, the way that 90s. they draw this clone, who's got a Freak Face, you know, classic Freak Face, and uh, and he's this big hulking version of Peter Parker. Um, is uh, it's kind of fun just through the art. It's worth kind of just skimming through. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, okay, so the way that this ultimately concludes, like we said, is Mary Jane is pregnant. Um, she starts having complications with the baby. There's a whole sequence of Peter and Ben coming together. They have to go to the underwater base of the new Dr. Octopus, who is the 
daughter of well like a doctor they work with like a science guy they work with i don't know remember the details there um but she's new and uh they basically just reenact um if this be my destiny mm-hmm. but with uh yeah <laughs> but he can't do it <laughs> that's kind of but he can't do it he's... without ben's yeah. help it's actually yeah. a very funny way to end the clone saga it, is it like this peter sucks so much <laughs> this Peter is so bad compared to the Peter we've always known that he can't get himself out of If This Be My Destiny, which BT dubs the art of the machinery that has collapsed on him is like two feet off his back. Like it's not even touching him. So it's like, yeah, Peter, the art, just walk the art away. What are you doing? Well. Um, but it's meant to be like he's being crushed, but he can't escape. He can't get out. He's going underwater. And then Ben Riley comes in and saves him and gives him the pep talk as to why he's not a loser. <laughs> basically um and then peter comes back to mj he's like hey uh you know we're gonna help out i i gotta stay here with you and the kid now we're gonna do that ben you're the real you're the real spider-man you get to be spider-man now and that's what it sets the stage for is uh is for ben to be the only spider-man it is very interesting to me sort of the ways marvel struggling as they are in this moment right are trying to like are trying to like re-energize their lines like are trying to add electricity to things and they're really destructive um with what they're doing or or they're like weirdly like i don't know like like focused on legacy right like with teenage tony stark like pretty destructive to the old iron man um ben riley literally a new spider-man right and i i don't know here if it's them trying to take a page out of dc's book which during this era has seen success with wally west flash Seen success with uh, success with Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. Um, obviously, you've had Legacy Batman, Legacy Superman, yada yada. Um, if they're trying to kind of finally do that, or if it's just like they're just throw selling the same character as something new, but it's still the same character. Well, that's the funny thing about Ben is Legacy. It is the it yeah. is the it is the closest you can possibly get to just keeping Peter, but under a new name, right? Yeah. Yeah, and but it's the same thing with like Tony Stark. It's still a younger Tony Stark, but yeah, it's very... still Tony Stark. Like they don't do stuff with with uh, James Rhodes or with uh, I don't know who who'd be the equivalent to Spider Man, but with like new characters or legacy characters that take on the title, which right. would be like the 2010s yeah. version of that. Um, I feel like that's a, a problem they've had throughout their history, honestly. Yeah. Creatively and will continue to have boring. I mean, I, I talked about this when we got into. Oh, what was it? Uh, oh, Avengers: The Crossing, uh, and just the, kind of the lack of like searching outside themselves for ideas, right? Like searching outside of Marvel for new directions to go, and like trying to take stuff in a direction that is not just echoing off of their history, you know? Right. For the majority of the the decision, um, the way that some of the best Marvel comics can do, right? Well, and it's kind of we talk a lot about the illusion of change, right? This famous quote attributed to mm-hmm. Stan Lee maybe not his, um, of, you know, the illusion that things in the Marvel Universe are changing. I think the thing with Teenage Tony Stark and with Ben Riley is it's the illusion of change, but it's so transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, the illusion yeah. of change it's is a effective change. when you yeah. don't realize it's happening, right? That's when it's good, is when you don't see the illusion happening before you, right? You don't see the magician pulling the card out of his sleeve. That's when it works. Um, it doesn't work when it's like, well, you're clearly not. <laughs> actually doing anything particularly new because you literally have a clone of Spider-Man here stepping mm-hmm. in. Um, and Ben yeah. is... So, Zach, let me ask you this. As someone who hasn't mm-hmm. read nearly as many contemporary comics... Go um, on. 
Ooh, <laughs> um, <hated> that. What? <laughs> no good. Uh, what? What kind of legacy would you expect the Clone Saga to have? Like, what characters would you expect to be seeing again? Um, kind of, what would you think like is gonna come from this, if anything? Um, like, like now, th- like like yeah, throughout the right. years, not it, just like in the immediate aftermath. Yeah, uh, I I think I would expect Ben Riley to become kind of a spin-off Spider-Man who kind of it like pops maybe moves to a new city and occasionally has his own comics mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um and becomes you know like a sh- kind of like uh is it Jessica or Jennifer in Ultimate Spider-Man the, Jessica? the clone Jessica yeah yeah um yeah the way that she shows up and she's just kind of like yeah there is another Spider-Man out there right like and they're doing right. work um, she shows up and, in, uh, in Hickman's Ultimates and does nothing. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> She'll be there for that. Yeah, right. Kind of like that, you know? Like, he'll join the West Coast Avengers. Some okay. Stuff like that, you know? Anything that's else? A, no. I think that is, like, <laughs> reading these, this is who I would be like, that's who walks away out of this. That's a, that's a good guess, actually. Yeah. You're, you're pretty spot on on a number of those things. Um, Charlotte, you may know more, uh, but what are your expectations of Legacy for the Clone Saga? Well, I'm very excited about uh, every Spider-Man title being cancelled in 1995 and replaced by only one streamlined Ben Reilly title. Uh, I love that. Uh, I love that they're going to do that and I can wait (laughs) to to see that next. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I I know some stuff. uh, I I don't know that much stuff from later in the 90s or even in the 2000s. Uh, my context is mostly for some stuff that happens with the 2010s and one specific event, and I don't know if I can even say the name of the event. Okay. Um, but I know some stuff from that. Uh, I, I'm interested. I've heard, I've heard good thing on said events, so I, I'm curious. Um, <laughs> on said I, event. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I can say the title. No, no, um, I know. It's just. It's is funny. it the clone conspiracy? The bushes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. No, you can say the title. Okay. The clone conspiracy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, clone, um, clones continue to be a thing. It's always going to be. And that's yeah, the thing. is like I, Clones are always going to be a part of Spider-Man's legacy um, after this story. How could they not be? Right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such I'm going to bleep all that out. And for a... <laughs> you're, trust me, you don't need to. <laughs> um, it's such a... Um, for a long time, you can tell, like, there's this... There's a wave of embarrassment for Marvel with the Clone Saga. And then I would say, like, within the last five, maybe... Not quite ten... No, maybe 10. Within the last decade, the embarrassment is fading, right? And you've seen Marvel start to collect these in epic collections. You see these characters start to pop. So I w- without spoiling anything, I will say the legacies to expect, Ben Riley, yes. Kane. Kane actually has a big legacy after this point. Um, mm, the stuff drug. with Peter and MJ's baby, okay? This was one of the most interesting to me. And I'm, I kind of want to talk about it because I don't think we're going to read many of these issues. Um, if you plan to continue reading Spider-Man through like, you know, 1998, uh, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. Okay. Peter's worried at this point that like, well, he's a clone, so maybe his sperm's weird. Um, (laughs) just, you know, they also talk about at this point that he's got radioactive sperm, so his sperm's definitely weird. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Are we going to get to that spider sperm, spider sperm, radioactive spider sperm? So there's a few there's a few worries here with uh with the with the potential of this baby. Um this baby I, I 
I don't need, let's just talk about it because we're definitely not <laughs> yeah. going to read it. We're not going to read it. Marvel yeah. does one of the things that I hate the most. Um, John Byrne does this with Sue in Fantastic Four, right? The stillborn baby. And they play it for drama and they play it for quote unquote pathos of these characters experiencing this. Now, we talk about this with the Fantastic Four issue. This is a thing that happens. This is a thing that happens to real people. And uh, does it mean it should never be in stories? No, of course not. Are Marvel Comics of this nature equipped to handle that? Almost never. Almost never. Uh, they play that card with MJ, except they play it with a twist that maybe the baby was stolen, and maybe, and I think this is in like the next year of Spider-Man comics, okay, and maybe the baby was then delivered to a resurrected Norman Osborn, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is what happens with the baby. I had to look all this up. I didn't know any of this, and I was genuinely curious. The best thing to come out of the baby is a what-if story we're going to read in 1998. Yeah, okay. Where yeah, some creators that, say, I've read that. hey, That's what good. if we didn't make yeah. a frankly gross choice, mm-hmm. and we did it well? And we're going to read that instead. Okay. Good. Oh, good. I'm excited <laughs> we're going to read that, because I, I remember yeah. reading that years ago and having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's is, your proof we're taking to Peter and Who MJ's writes baby. that? You know? Tom DeFalco. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. It's, the the, it's Marvel 2, Marvel Comics 2. Is that what it is? Sorry, what? It's, yeah, is MC2. It, okay, it is. Oh, yeah. the MC2. Yeah, MC2. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah, a little bit of a precursor to the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. But done yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see Juggernaut on the Ultimates, so I think we can safely say A2 is the only version that really should exist in canon. <laughs> yeah. Just because there's Kids Thunderstrike in there, I think it's the superior version. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the final thing I want to talk about with the Clone Saga is sort of the the difference between reading a thing in real time versus the retrospective, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the thing I've actually been thinking about more lately with the X-Men comics coming out today. Um, I obviously have the experience of reading all of them, and I talk about them on the Comic Girl YouTube channel and stuff. The experience of reading the Hickman era X-Men through the Reign of X, which was kind of their 2021 era, um, feels very stagnant, right? It feels like it's it's losing momentum and they're running out of ideas and yada yada and criticisms I've displayed over time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a thing that readers are necessarily going to lament or feel in five years' time. You know what I mean? Like in five years' time, it might just be like, oh, that trade wasn't quite as good, but on to the next one. And you just keep plowing ahead. I think we definitely have that benefit of hindsight with the Clone Saga where, you know, I'm like, it's it feels fairly middle of the road. But if you actually consider it on the, this was two years, and this was so many comics, and you're waiting a month in between comics, and you're like, well, maybe this next one will resolve who's the real clone. And then it's like, you know, it's eight months, you know, between those. And like, I can see why it generated the ire that it did. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see why the the memory of it is an unmitigated disaster for for Spider-Man comics. Whereas when you fast track it, it's like, oh, cool, we'll do we'll play with Ben for a minute and then we'll get back to Peter eventually, I'm sure. Um, does any of that matter? I guess like does is any of that? I don't know. Like, is there a do, do either of you feel like there's a better way? Because I guess honestly, like what I'm kind of getting at is I actually feel like what we're doing on my world this year is the better way. Not only to read and enjoy the comics, but also to discuss them. Maybe especially to discuss them. Because when you discuss them on a week-by-week or month-by-month basis, I think the the 
speed and the cadence of trying to keep up with like how you're feeling in the moment, it rarely holds up, I guess. Um, when you sort of look at the big picture, I don't know. What do either of you think about that? I, I kind of agree, especially in this case, I think, oh my God, I would have dropped this so fast if I, if I had to read it while it was coming out. Yeah. I think after two months, I'd just be done with it. And I'd say, I just read the, the trade paperback uh, in two years. Um, yeah. And, and here it feels like it's, it, it feels like you've reached the ending. Oh, wait, no, there, there's one more segment. Okay, now it's the ending. No, wait, there's one more segment. It feels like it never ends. And if this this structure was in a 2022 Spider-Man comics, I'd just be done with it. Yeah. Um, and whereas here, just reading it uh, in one go, I was like, yeah, not all of it is interesting, but I I didn't feel uh, I didn't feel like it was that much of a slog to get through in uh, in uh, one hour an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I I kind of. <clears throat> Yeah, I kind of agree. It's definitely not one of the worst events we've read. I think I would actually put it at like slightly below average. You know, like we've read a lot of stinkers. <laughs> in, yeah, <laughs> in right. The past. Yeah. The the thing is, and this is I I think an interesting question to ask is like, how much does Marvel's own framing damage these things? Because this is known as the Clone Saga, but when you read it, it is just like, well, yes, there is a clone here, right? But like, besides that, like the clone is not like cloning is often not the focus here right mm. like mm-hmm. it, it, it is an era of spider-man comics like charlotte said earlier yeah but like seeing this as an event that takes things over for two years like i, I wonder if that damages you know your perception of the entire thing more than this just being oh yeah the, you know like when ben riley was around from like 94 to 96 something like that right like there's some good comics in there and there's some bad comics like it, well but you know like marvel the- sell- sold this as you know this big event and yeah that's how it's talked about now. Um, so I, I I wonder, you know, if if all that framing of it and the like the the way that they put it out in the world basically can impact uh, how people view it. Yeah, yeah, because I think the problem is also that despite being an era of over like I think two years, mm-hmm. it still has an event structure where you have to jump from one uh, one series to the next, and you have to collect across five seven different series to 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 get what's happening whereas i think a more clever way to have done this would be something more akin to modern x-men comics which is you have a sandbox for a couple years and you have different writers on different titles playing in that sandbox Mm -hmm. without having to read Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. to know what's going on totally totally that that's a great idea because then someone could probably take the idea of a clone and be like, all right, well, I got an idea for this, yeah. you know, and I'm unbeholden to try to link this in with the continuity of what else is happening exactly here, right? Like, and they just have a year to play around with a Ben Riley. Yeah. You know, that's a great idea. Yeah. Charlotte cracked it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. No, I do think, I think I you're right. I fixed the clone saga. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I mean, I think you're right, though, Zach, that like the framing and the marketing and sort of the, the way the comics are discussed, I, I do think actually shapes perceptions more mm-hmm. than a lot of folks want to let on. Cause there's like, there's a lot of short term marketing that I think is maybe easy to ignore or sort of not like get to your head. Like for example, Marvel comes in and they're like, this next event is our biggest one ever. It's like, well, okay, that's what they do with every event. Right. Like if you, if you've been around yeah. the block a couple times, you know that. Um, but when they position it as, okay, all of these crossovers are part of, the clone saga 
as opposed to, you know, the idea Charlotte just proposed, you know, like a, a Ben Riley cut, essentially, then it's you do have that feeling of like, well, I, I guess I have to get all of them. Um, it, a lot of fans do. And I, I think that's a normal reaction. And people are like, oh, just read what you like or just collect series no, you like. No, you can't do that. A, like it's it no, breaks it's your brain to be like, I'll just I'll just collect disgusting. part one and part three you know, of a four-part story. Like, it does. It just breaks my brain. Um, yeah. And obviously, that's the way we're reading it here because I know better, you know, because I've done it. Um, but it, but that's that should not be the expectation. So, yeah, I think those are good ideas. I do think that framing a lot of times can be a detriment. And obviously, in this case, it, like, that was intentional. It's not like they were accidentally like, oh, you better buy a bunch of comics if you want to enjoy the Clone Saga. Like, that was that was the purpose, you know? Yes, Let's do right. Sell Spider-Man of course. I mean, that's why they have so many number ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So the Clone Saga, I think, not as bad as advertised, um, but we have the benefit of hindsight, and uh, and we didn't have to do the endurance test of reading all of it um, mm-hmm. because totally. we know better. So it's right. de- I so was I think- thinking it's definitely better than any Avengers event we've read because like it's better than <laughs> that's interesting. It's better than o- Operation Galactic mm-hmm. Storm. It's better than the Crossing. Um, what else have we, have oh, we I read? Liked, uh, well, what's, what's the one where all the vil- villains come together? X of Vengeance. If you consider that an Avengers okay. event, yeah, that, I mean that, that one it is just kind of like some fun. I, there's a few moments in that that like rank as uh, is but if you did all time, but if you but, did but, Acts of Vengeance, just the Avengers cut, yeah, I don't know that you'd say that. Yeah, yeah, because what's because a lot of the Acts of Vengeance is, is it is a sandbox event where you can mm-hmm. have an excuse to do plenty of different crossovers with, with between heroes and villains that wouldn't necessarily match usually, um, and then you have a core story, but it's just more of an excuse to have that sandbox. It's way less, uh, way less of a slog to get through than uh, the Chrome Saga. Yeah, 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 I agree. I, think I mean, I think right. the other thing about Avengers events is. They don't really have many until the 90s, and their 90s events are atrocious. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, you know, and, like, they're pulled into better stuff, like the Starlin Infinity stuff, but that's not Avengers stuff. Because um, otherwise you'd have to run it back to, like, well, what are just their big stories? You yeah. know, Kree Squirrel War feels like an event. You know, like, that's that's proto-event I mean, type story. And it's also story. The, it's, it's also just that there haven't been any character events before the 90s. It was just, like big uh, line-wide events, big Marvel Universe events, and in the 90s you start getting the Avengers events, the X-Men events, the, uh, I guess X-Men events uh, happen in the 80s too, but Spider-Man events and... I mean, this is basically the first Spider-Man event, right? There's been crossovers, like like Kraven's Last Hunt is a crossover, and you have like gang war and stuff like that, you know, that lasts for like six to eight issues, but I think this is the first Spider-Man event. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's true. uh, That's true. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like all the clone stuff, or not the clo- <laughs> you know the clone yes. saga. Doesn't that count as an event? <laughs> no, the um the symbiote stuff. Like didn't we? maximum carnage, right? That's- I mean, oh maximum carnage, maximum, yeah, maximum carnage. carnage is all over the place. Blanked it out. Yep, you're right. You're right. I mean, I all understand right. not remembering that because I couldn't tell you what happened in that, and that was two years ago. <laughs> it was too much uh, carnage. <laughs> it was yeah. too much carnage. My brain forgot it completely. Okay, never mind. That point doesn't stand. Um, but the Avengers event comparison is actually pretty interesting, and I feel—I mean, I, I guess that's the thing, though—is like, okay, who has better events? Well, the X-Men, obviously. Yeah. Um, but who, like, who else? You know, because like the Starlin stuff. Who do you count? Yeah. Like, what? But I'm saying, like, if you count it on a character basis, like, whose event is that? It's just I mean, Starlin. It's, it's really a Thanos event. So. Yeah, Thanos and Warlock. 
maybe you call it a Marvel Cosmic event. So Marvel yeah. Cosmic has better events at this stage if you try to categorize it. But yeah, so no, it's like Clone Saga isn't, I guess by by the standards of the other lines at the time, you know, I'd rather read this than The Crossing, certainly. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, it's really, That's it's true. an outsized negative influence or an outsized negative perception, I suppose. Um, but I, but I do stand by the thing I said in the first part, which is Spider-Man needed this. Spider-Man needed a shakeup. I don't think that was yeah. the, like the ambitions and the general thinking is not wrong here. I'm pretty pro them shaking it up. I think it's just, you know, do you need, like, it shouldn't take you two years to shake the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> the, yeah. And, and the shaking faster. shouldn't be like, what if we get 60 Spider-Man back, <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in a really complicated way? Why don't we just reset him to being, you know, in college again? And uh, not bogged down with all the history that we've given him. Yep. 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 Absolutely. All right. So next time, my Marvel this year, part six, we're going to do X-Men Legion Quest and then the Age of Apocalypse. Woo. And Ooh, apparently nice. we're doing this all in one, issue. <laughs> one episode. It's, it's not that many. I think it's, uh, let me see. It's like 15. Five, 10, 15 issues total. I, I, because we're, we're doing all the number ones for all the Age of Apocalypse series. They're all... A, uh, not all, but almost all of four issue minis. Um, again, I have encouraged those of you who have been excited or interested in the Age of Apocalypse to please read more than just the first issues. Um, again, you can find a reading or on compacarol.com. Uh, but if you want to fast track it and you don't feel that invested and you just want to taste, that's the fast track. That's the recommendation. Just, okay, read the first issue of everything. Um, also, Legion Quest, which leads into it. I would say if you're like just kind of curious about the Age of Apocalypse, you don't actually need to read Legion Quest. Um, you could just start. That that would be our, my argument. But I'm including it for us because <clears throat> I like torturing Zach. Well, maybe I'll skip that and then just read more actual Age of Apocalypse. Honestly, you'd be shirking your duties and I would judge you harshly for it, but you'd be fine. Fine. <laughs> fine. And I'll read it all. I'll read the entire thing. Yo, uh, just a shout out to Johannes who has read all of uh, Age of Apocalypse and the entirety of the Clone Saga uh, in doing... Johannes is mm -hmm. good at feats of endurance, I will say. Um, and this is the thing about joining the My Marvelous Year Slack via patreon.com slash year is we learn who among you are the true marathon Perverts. comics readers. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Who, who are the who true was sickos? Who did the, the full Secret Wars do? Uh, might have been Johannes. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, an individual named Dan was that did Jean, the full Secret Jean Wars 2 because he wrote about it for me. But there may have been Oh, one. yeah. Hmm. Doing the full Secret um, Wars 2 is the sickest act of perversion anyone has accomplished, and I'm truly I mean, the impressed. thing is, listen, you, you might hear this and being like, oh, I'll join this community, and, uh, you know, like, I'll be with like-minded individuals who I can go be like, oh, I read all the Clone Saga, like, isn't that neat? And you'll have other people supporting you. No, you'll come into our Slack and say, I read all the Clone Saga, and I'll say, what's wrong with you? And I'll berate Ew. you and bully you. <laughs> um, he, he did say, uh, <laughs> I asked him why he would do that to himself, and he said that he decided to take the fast track through Onslaught. <laughs> so don't say that I'm totally resistant to learning. So he's like, he's like, I, <clears throat> I only worked out twice today. Because tomorrow I'm only gonna I'm only gonna work out once. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, way to go, Johannes. I'm proud of you. Um. And honestly, yeah. Johannes, I need somebody to read all of Onslaught. I do because I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not gonna do it. I need somebody to read all of Onslaught, and uh, and tell me what we need from that. I gotta tell you, Onslaught does not. Oh, God, so you do not just work like, for me. You know, like a uh, like Manchurian Candidate. You just you know said the activation words. 
<laughs> for he him. just he just started reading Uncanny X Men. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was no not going why. to do it until now, but now you've, yeah, uh, you've activated him. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, all right, I'm I'm happy to be done with the Clone Saga. I feel like we covered it um, very effectively, I would say. And uh, yeah, I feel good about where we're at. I feel good about where we're at. Like, here's the thing: like, we're gonna get through Age of Apocalypse. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Then. Listen, everybody, we're going to do 1996. We're going to do 1997. We're going to get through it. We're going to do it. We're going to get through it somehow, some way. And then we're going to get on to bigger and brighter things. To uh, You know, once we hit 1998, we're officially where the Comic Book Herald Modern Marvel Reading Order begins. Once I know. We hit 1998, right? Yeah. Like, that is the... Basically, this whole podcast has been preamble to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Long preamble. Very long-winded. Uh, but it's but it's work. So thanks so much for everybody's support of the show. Again, you can do so over at patreon.com slash my this year. If you rate and review us on iTunes, we will be incredibly grateful and uh, and really appreciate that. Um, I'm Dave. You can find myself at comicbookherald.com. Music for the show is about his ash piece. Zach, Charlotte, where should people find you? Uh, in the Slack and my this year on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Fierro Charlotte on Twitter and you can find me on the Slack. Perfect. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next year. See you next, See you next year. year.